1: Um, the barrio assemblies and these like you know grassroots neighborhood organizations. A lot of these were sponsored by the church.
0: What does it mean to say that the Christian tradition is internally
1: contradictory and there are antagonisms there? Um, you're always uh, being faithful to some aspects and betraying other aspects.
0: Welcome to the Magnificast, a podcast about Christianity and leftist politics. I'm Dean Detloff, and this time I'm. Still, your regular co-host. I'm your uh, archive.org librarian for the week. That's what I am.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, if, in case you—oh, hi, I'm Brinko. I'm on the show too. Um, <laughs> Dean is always on archive.org, finding the most esoteric, uh, Christian <laughs> leftist content just for you. And I think can everyone stand up right now and give him a round of applause? Just, just go ahead uh, wherever uh, you are. Just thanks. go ahead and give him has- a. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't have to do that. Don't no, no. And then I'm and then I'm like I'm it's like on a talk show, I'm saying more and more, but then I'm holding my hands out and saying no, stop, but then more and then stop.
1: That's right. Yeah. Just like on a talk show. That's yeah. what you're so, doing.
0: So just imagine that. Imagine me you've never seen and have only heard doing that on a talk show.
1: <laughs> oh man. Sounds good. Uh the roots are gonna play <laughs> off until you sit down. Um,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'll leave all my uh, archive.org PDFs with uh, with Jimmy on the way out.
1: (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, this week we're getting into some some interesting we're getting into some of that archive.org content, really, if I'm being honest, (laughs) Um, we're going to talk a a little bit about this book called The Liberation of Theology by Juan Segundo. Um, And let me introduce it to you a little something like this. Um, Okay. so so, Dean. You're, mm-hmm. you're gonna take the place of the imaginary listener that I was gonna dream up here. But you've heard right. of Christian rock, you've heard of Christian uh-huh. movies, but uh-huh. Christian politics,
0: Whoa.
1: isn't it? Isn't it weird that Christians always just put the qualifier "Christian" in front of things, and then <laughs> they they make it their own? And it's you know, it's not formally different in any way, right? Christian rock is still just rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Christians are always trying to stress the the Christian contribution that they're making to to a genre, to the world, to movies, to politics, etc. And in this episode, what we're going to do is take a look at a book that suggests maybe specific Christian contributions to things are actually just sort of bullshit. <laughs> in this episode, we're going to take a look at a book called The Liberation of Theology by Juan Segundo. It's a really cool book um, I have read some of, and Dean has read all of. <laughs> That's our level of preparedness. Um, We're going to specifically focus on a section called the problem of a specifically Christian contribution. Um, Segundo's writing gets to the bottom of a kind of interesting impulse within Christianity that tries to articulate its particularity and like its specific contribution to a thing. Um, I mean, in this case, we're talking about politics. Uh, We're not going to talk about Christian music. I mean, we could, if you want, if you You want, we'll see where
0: the night takes us.
1: (laughs) That's right. Um, yeah, the the example uh that Segundo keeps drawing from is the Christian Democratic Party in uh in Chile, but I mean I think there are all kinds of different ways this this problem kind of presents itself throughout uh Christian politics in the United States and elsewhere, you know, like should you join uh, a, a like a political party? Should you join a political group or should you join a specifically Christian political group? Should you join a union or should you join a specifically Christian union? Uh that's a I guess those are questions that people wrestle with <laughs> um, I, I mean you know, if they're not explicitly, I think they they come up in some kind of uh, interesting ways, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to get into this question. Um, what's the deal with uh specifically Christian contributions to politics that's uh That's what we're going to get into. Dean, what else can we say about one uh, segundo before we get into it?
0: Yeah, man, there's so much. Juan Segundo, he's a Jesuit. He um <laughs> he's one of the cool Jesuits. So if 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 someone's ever like um complaining about the Jesuits to you, you can be like, Yeah, but have you ever read of Juan Segundo, because he's a great socialist Jesuit. Um he uh this book is really interesting. It's like uh it's kind of like it's not exactly a transcript of lectures, but it's like material that he used to teach a class in the United States. So um that's very interesting and kind of lends okay. it like a certain a certain flavor, if you will. Uh, it's also a really neat book because uh, it does a lot of weird stuff with like theology as a method, trying to ask some of those questions. But um, it uses that as a way to talk about all kinds of other stuff like socialism and problems of political violence and all that kind of thing. And he also talks quite a bit about James Cone in it, which is really neat because uh, you don't always get to see like Latin American liberation theologians talking about black American liberation theologians. So there's a lot going on in the book. Um, So you should read the rest of it. We're not going to talk about all of it here. But what I think I like most about Segundo and in this book in particular is that he has this knack for like. uh, Just not. Not, um, he has a knack for seeing through ways that Christians, uh, tell ourselves stories that get us like off the hook for dealing with real problems. And he's like, no, you have to deal with the whole problem or just like, you know you're not really dealing with it. And I appreciate that. Um, It's hard to find people who say that in a way that's like really clear and uh, not like annoying to read because they're just like grinding an axe the whole time. (laughs) So um, we'll discuss a little bit more about that in a minute, I think. But before we do, Matt, um, before we talk about this book that I did find in archive.org, it's probably worth maybe explaining why it's relevant to the particular moment that we're in and why it's also relevant to Christians now, even though it was published a bunch of years ago. So uh, you mentioned a few kind of weird things earlier, right? These this, The way that Christianity becomes a qualifier for things like politics. But do you feel like, uh, I don't know, like when Christians in the United States think about politics, they think about it in very weird ways, it seems to me. And They do, uh, I agree, yes. Yeah. Um, are there any sort of like movements or habits that sort of come to mind as you've been reading this book? So, so many.
1: I mean, um, I, I guess we can probably cite a few that we've talked about in past episodes that I think are, you know, specific expressions of this, like Ammon Hennessy's one man revolution. That's a weird mm-hmm. way for a Christian to deal with politics, you know, because it all mm-hmm. comes down to just sort of like, um, you know, you got to just win everyone over by converting them kind of in, in weird ways by be- being weird friends with them. Or like, uh, or you know, you brought up the American Solidarity Party a few weeks back. That's a weird way mm-hmm. that Christians have kind of formulated their own specific. I mean, Catholics specifically formulated their own specific like political party. Um, and then like, I mean, I, I think that this article spe- speaks really directly to the weirdness of post-liberal theology or like the Stanley Harwass types of theology where. Uh, Christians are supposed to be the, you know, they're resident aliens. You're in the world, but not of it. You're, Mm -hmm. you're your own weird community doing your thing. Not right, not left, but Christian. And I think all of those are, (laughs) are sort of expressions of these, um, this weird impulse, uh, within Christianity to, I don't know, try to do something that's not politics, but still doing politics.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I feel too like it sort of speaks into Christian reticence to get involved in politics and that right. goes with some yeah. of the stuff you're yeah, like you're mentioning with this post liberal stuff where people just feel like it's I don't know, you you don't want to you don't want to get too dirty in the world, you know, you want to keep yourself pure or make sure that you're staying faithful to the one story that you know is true and not getting caught up in all these other stories. That's one way that I've heard it talked about. But Segundo is like, no, you got to get in there. You got to get dirty with everything else and uh, you don't have to do it in a specific way. But nevertheless, um, if you're a Christian, are there any kind of like particular (laughs) things involved in that too, right? Um, And that's what I love about Segundo is he's like, all right, yeah, what if you are a Christian and you want to be a socialist? Um, He wants to figure out how to sort of bring those two things together without landing you in uh, creating the next Christian rock band of politics. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's important because we that's the last thing anyone needs <laughs> no christian rock <laughs> bands of politics please
0: um it, it reminds me uh it's actually a perfect analogy that you've drawn i really appreciate it because it reminds me of that episode of king of the hill where um bobby <laughs> ends up in that like extremely cool uh youth group setting and he goes to that, co- that concert and hank has a classic line Or talks to the youth pastor and he says, uh, can't you see that you're not making rock and roll better? You're just making Christianity worse. And I feel (laughs) exactly that way about how a lot of Christians think about politics.
1: Yeah, I
0: think you're right. All right. So uh, let's get into it. Segundo talks about the problem of a specifically Christian contribution to politics. And I think he brings it out in some pretty helpful ways. Um, we'll start maybe with his conclusion, which I think is a really nice leading question and then sort of back up and figure out how he gets to that thought. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. so he says this in the book, there is no such thing as Christian theology or a Christian interpretation of the gospel message in the absence of a prior political commitment. Only the latter makes the former possible at all. The unanswered question still before us on the practical level is this. Does that mean that we must hold back, hoping that some political option will be possible and that it will be a favorable one before we can begin to understand and appreciate and make use of the gospel message? Uh, and as you can probably guess, the answer is no, we don't have to hold back and wait around. Um, but it's a really interesting question and an interesting problem to pose, right? Uh, to sort of make that clear that there's no Christianity outside of a political commitment already is really significant. It leads to questions not only about whether or not you would join a socialist party or something, but also raises questions about whether or not you've already assented to certain political options or opinions without maybe making those clear. And right. I think by doing that, um, Segunda just puts us on like a different terrain to start asking some important questions.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, that you might have already agreed to certain types of political ideas without you even really knowing it. Right. I mean, like that's just uh, that's the case because of your material conditions. You're living in a capitalist country and, you know, for a time. I mean, unless you, unless you're you know now a super woke socialist or something, you know, there's a time mm-hmm. when you are at least assenting your agree in agreement with. Uh, capitalism just by like you know, like osmosis. It's in, it's in the air. You're you're sucking it all up, and you can't help but be a capitalist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's helpful just to that, that he lays it out so explicitly, though, right? Like uh, there's no Christian theology before you before you have that. Um, and I think that's a really helpful thing that that you're if you can be cognizant of that, uh, you mm-hmm. can already win half the battle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Um, it's also just helpful as a way of uh, cutting through those ways that, that Christians hide behind uh, Christianity in order to pretend yeah. that they don't have to get involved with politics, right? Because it's like, well, there's nothing to hide behind because you're already in the middle of it. So you have to make a decision about whether or not you're going to stay on track or find a different one.
1: Well, it also cuts around all of the bullshit of like a biblical politics or something, right? Right. Like, right. What's the biblical
0: answer to this?
1: And it's like, well, that's not helpful... You know, it's not a helpful question uh, if you've already assented to some type of uh, political ideology before you even get Mm -hmm. to the the Bible. So Mm -hmm. um, it's good. It just cuts against all of the the worst evangelical stuff that I hate.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we should get some of uh, Segundo's themes on the table here so we can drive through some of these problems, figure out what kind of things we're assenting to and how we might do it differently. Um, Segundo relies on a Brazilian theologian quite a bit named Hugo Asman. And he introduces him saying this. In one of his articles, Hugo Asman acknowledges that the use of Christian labels for leftist political movements can have temporary and tactical value insofar as it undermines the use of Christianity by the political right. Aside from this temporary tactical use, however, Asman thinks it is evident that the normal involvement of the Christian with the political left should not be viewed as an involvement between Christian revolutionaries on the one hand And other revolutionaries, on the other hand, there is no Christian ally with a distinctive nature and contribution of their own who can be isolated from other revolutionaries in this way. Uh, That's what I love about Segundo. Just laying it all out (laughs) right on the table. There there can't be any Christian ally, uh, distinctively Christian, a Christian revolutionary indifference to all these other revolutionaries. Um, Kind of a wild thing to say, but uh, it's true.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, you can see immediately how this would rub a whole lot of people the wrong way, right? (laughs) People that think that their Christianity is always first before their politics—that you know, the you know, the the, their political view has no sort of bearing on their uh, Christianity or something—is going to immediately Mm -hmm. mess them up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't say that you're you're just you're just a Christian kind of living in the world doing your Christian thing um, without any kind of political thought attached to it. That's that's not something that you can actually do. And in mm-hmm. fact, like you shouldn't, because it'll end I mean, we'll see in a minute why it's a problem. But uh just uh get rid of the qualifier and just get into it.
0: Yeah, I think it's helpful too because um all right, say you you've passed through the evangelical problems of thinking you're outside of politics, and then you've also passed through the post liberal problems of being like, I'm in the true politics of the church. You've mm-hmm. you've passed by both of those traps um and uh you found yourself in a real socialist kind of situation um i think that a lot of people who get there do still kind of wrestle with this where they're like yeah i'm a socialist but i'm here as a christian socialist specifically right. and they sort of remain hung up on seeing politics as maybe like an extension of having an authentic spiritual life or um being an expression of one's particular christian persuasion right. um i don't think that people should like not integrate their spiritual and political lives at all you know like i'm definitely a communist because i'm a christian that part's true but like i don't show up in communist spaces and i'm like i'm here as a christian revolutionary (laughs) or like i'm here as a christian ally to the communists no
1: that i think that makes sense though right like um uh it's you can integrate your spirituality into your faith in the sense that uh it's motivating for you it's existentially meaningful it's spiritually meaningful all these things are good and like you know like embrace that but they're not making a material difference like you're there anyways right <laughs> like mm-hmm. your, your butt mm-hmm. is in the seat so like that's the important part not the uh, not the motivation I mean at least I mean on externally and um to, to all your comrades in the room they definitely don't care that you're here because of church or something <laughs> They they care that yeah. you're here because you're here And like announcing that you're here because you're a Christian or something is not super important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's to sort of go to the old materialist point. You know, the boss doesn't care um, if you go to church on Sunday or not, if you don't show up for work on a strike. So, right. uh, It's not to say that going to church on a Sunday does or doesn't matter. But it just means that uh, for the purposes of actually thinking about how capitalism works, um, like you said, your butt's in the seat or it's not. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where the rubber hits the road.
1: Uh, I do appreciate the provision of temporary or tactical value that that's that's yeah, when yeah. it matters to be a Christian. I like that a lot. That's very fun. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about this the other day, and um I have an acquaintance who is a uh, a pastor, and she's also like involved in like labor organizing in my city. and just mm-hmm. uh, trying to kind of get to the bottom of like, it's interesting that she's, like, involved for, like, you know, all the reasons that I'm interested in, in labor too, right? She's a Christian. That's kind of, like, what motivates her. But I was also kind of thinking, like, what what kind of things does that afford the organization that she's a part of, that she's, like, a she's a pastor, right? And mm-hmm. then she's also a part of this organization. Like, what kind of, like, moral weight does that give this organization? And, like, how does that work sort of in, in this, like, in in the tactical sense? And I think that's a really cool idea that, uh, I don't know, Christians shouldn't embrace more often. I mean plenty yeah. of them do for sure. Like, I don't want to like take away from that, but like, um, but it ha- being a Christian and being visible in like, a, a in the labor movement or in some other activist community does have a tactical value to it that I think
0: mm-hmm. it's good. It's cool. Yeah. It's interesting to think about this with respect to different Christian liberation movements around the world, right? Like, uh, you can think of the Christians for national liberation in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. um, there's such an interesting group because they are a specifically Christian group, but they're housed within the National Democratic Front, um, which is led by the communists. And uh, it's I think it's like it's an interesting example of how these things kind of go together in important ways. Right. It is definitely a tactical kind of thing, um, which is not to say that people aren't authentically Christian. Right. In that particular right. movement. But like they understand that there's a sort of political use <laughs> to naming that. Um, and at the same time in Christians for national liberation, they don't sort of represent like one interest group or like a, a sort of special identity constituency within the communist movement. Um, they see themselves as like fully integrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is like one part of their life. That's very important. And I think that is like instructive. You could probably do the same with like the three self movement in China or um, maybe even like the Christians for socialism in Chile or something, which is very important to Segundo. So uh Anyway, all that to say, um, there's a lot of precedent for this kind of thing, uh, but it doesn't look like um, I don't know creating like the Christian the the super Christian political party or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Um, it's cool. It's a it's a good note though. The danger is that it could it comes off as uh, as too tactical, like opportunist or something. But mm-hmm. I but you know like with Christians for National Liberation and some of the other groups that you mentioned too, like they. I don't know. I think that they they're there to kind of demonstrate a moral weight to the movement. And Mm -hmm, I think that mm -hmm. it works.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: All right. Well, let's read something else from Segundo. Um, (laughs) That's what we do. All right. So this is um, more of Segundo on Osman. Of course, Osman cannot rest content with that assertion, the assertion that there can't be Christian allies and and, uh, you should just kind of fall in line. For if it is true that Christians have no distinctive contribution of their own to make to liberation, why be a Christian at all? So Osman starts over again and tries to explain himself more clearly. This is a quote from Osman then. Uh, That does not at all deprive the expression Christian contribution of valid content. It simply moves us beyond the traditional way of posing the problem, which entailed picturing the Christian contribution as some alienating and restraining contribution of specific sort, as some uh, sort of doctrinal a priori set above and over against the revolutionary facts and deeds. All right, so I think that this is kind of when we get into... I mean, you know, Osman and, um, and Segundo are both kind of like talking about these more... Like, like they have these more cons- conservative uh movements in mind, but I think that this kind of idea at least w- when I read it the first time kind of speaks to the impulse within post liberal christianity and post liberal like theology the the again the Stanley harawass sort of vibe um you know like I, I i get this is my this is my like self-understanding of these things and if i'm wrong then you can tell me <laughs> on twitter or whatever but that but the uh what the like the the christian contribution seems to be very important for those like uh i don't know theological genres or whatever peculiar thing about christianity and the particular thing about christianity ends up being really important for um for for those types of theology like stanley harwas and will willman wrote a book called resident aliens that that's all about you know, that Christians have to be this community set apart um and, and like to kind of do politics and justice and, and, and have a kind of culture of their own. And I guess like, I guess, I, I mean, I see a lot of that as, a, as, as embracing like that specific Christian contribution. And, to you know, in light of Segundo, it seems very hollow and pretty empty, right? Like, what are you really mm-hmm. fighting for in those moments? Um, You know, if they're, if there is no Christianity before politics, then like that whole setup, I think kind of loses it. It's really what drives its importance. Um, But all that being said, uh, it doesn't necessarily like completely get rid of the importance of the Christian contribution or it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be a Christian at all. So I don't know, Dean, what what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important thing to sort out and also the toughest one of what does a Christian contribution actually mean if it doesn't mean setting up like a special interest group or like a party within a party or something. Mm -hmm. And I mean, probably there are lots of answers to this question, but at least for me, I think it means something like if if Christianity is supposed to like make you a good comrade, as we always say, um, then it should do exactly that. Like the Christian contribution is to be a good comrade shaped by the best parts of Christianity, I hope. Um, you know, the the kinds of things that would make you a humble person or able to kind of look soberly at the world around you and also have this kind of keen sense of like the marginalized that show up in every single society, whether they're capitalist or socialist. Um, those are Christian contributions that I think are pretty important. Uh, but that's a very, very different thing than presuming the Christian contribution is, um, yeah, this like a priori set of doctrines that you have to sort of show up to every protest with like a checklist to find out if like they meet the the standards of Catholic social teaching or, right. you know, some kind of secret Christian test. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I see this a lot on like Twitter, right? Like a lot of Christians who are into the left in what capacity I don't necessarily know. Um They sometimes seem to exhibit some kind of anxiety about like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm a socialist, but like, don't get it twisted. Like, Mm -hmm. most importantly, I'm a Christian. And like, that's definitely fine as a sort of personal um, idea, for sure. Um, But to make Christianity the sort of uh, all-consumptive identity that like... uh, I don't know, is is constantly getting in the way of you sort of contributing to a socialist movement or not. Um, I think that is not necessarily a contribution of Christianity in itself. It's more a a contribution of a certain kind of anxiety or something, which is uh, something to be a little more wary of.
1: One of the phrases that Segundo uses uh, and Osman uses uh, that kind of sticks out to me, though, is like being a Christian ally, that there's no such thing as a Christian ally. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really helpful articulation of it, too, because, I mean, kind of speaking of that, I don't know those the masses on Twitter, right? The Christian left is mm-hmm. on Twitter. um, You know, they're there. They're they're uh, ready to throw down with a socialist movement as long as it kind of like meets their qualifications. You know, like they're provisionally there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that provisionally there-ness, I mean, it sucks for a lot of material reasons. It sucks to build a movement with people like that because, like, they're not really a part of it. Right. They're only there for as mm-hmm. long as you're serving their sort of ends and means Mm -hmm. um but i think it's also like profoundly unchristian (laughs) to do that right Uh to you know it's kind of like a it's a it's a really selfish type of uh orientation towards politics that you're only going to be a part of this as long as it, it fits your exact sort of specifications um and that sucks because like that's not really i don't know there's a there's a certain type of like openness to christianity of coming alongside people and like being present there even if it's not exactly your thing. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I I guess I'm I'm convicted about this Christian allyship. Don't be an ally. Just like be in or be or be not in. And I think that's it. <laughs> don't be lukewarm. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? Um, lukewarm Christians yeah. they get spit right out of God's mouth in Revelation.
0: That's right, and that's You're not where you want to be. A good biblical Christian.
1: You don't want to be the you don't want to be the gazpacho of the end times. <laughs>
0: Uh no nobody does um well uh speaking of that gazpacho um <laughs> segundo talks a lot about uh the christian democrats in chile as a sort of case study to illustrate his point point. and i won't go into all the details of it but i do think it's actually a pretty instructive example that um is obviously extremely specific to a particular moment in time but uh has some lessons beyond that so um Segundo's so talking about the lead up to Salvador Allende being elected president of Chile. If you don't know about Allende, you should definitely Google him. He's very, very cool, an interesting guy. Anyway, um, in the lead up to Allende getting elected, there was a sort of big um, question about what the Christian Democrats would do. They were some of the the swing voter types, and the party. For a number of reasons, had always sort of listed around, like sometimes moving toward the right, sometimes toward the left or the center. Um, And uh, you would think that if your party, which the Christian Democrats are, is premised on a certain like assumption that you're, you know, you're the Christian party representing Christian ideas and principles, that you wouldn't be sort of moving around all the time. But Segundo uh, points out why. So in particular, the Christian Democrats try to present a third way kind of politics, right? Neither left nor right Christian Democrats. They're supposed to apply Christian teaching in the political arena. Um, but as Segundo says, one of the profound ironies of it is, first of all, that Christian teaching uh, develops over time. So your political program basically has to develop over time right. um, in ways that maybe give the lie to the whole project. But also, uh, Segundo says once the Christian Democrats started winning certain electoral battles, they found out that they couldn't just be moralists. They had to, like, develop real political programs. (laughs) And uh, that creates a lot of problems. Uh, But most significantly, Segundo has this sort of theory that all third way movements end up being right wing movements or counter revolutionary movements. And he uh, explains that in this way. He says, mathematically speaking the third-way cast of the Christian Democratic movement became crystal clear during Allende's presidency. It systematically allied itself with the right, forming decisive majorities against the policies of the left. It also became clear that its talk about community ownership or things like a revolutionary in liberty, uh, revolution in liberty, was only its way of saying it was not with the left, not even when the left was trying to put through those very objectives. Finally, through dealings Uh, through direct dealings with other groups and indirect acts that paralyzed the country, the Christian Democrats handed over the reins of government to the military junta. It is hard to find in the historical annals of a Christian party a more convincing confirmation of Asman's basic hypothesis, that is, that evangelical conditions imposed on the revolutionary process in a priori terms eventually turn into third-way strands, and that they also turn into counter-revolutionary forces when and if the revolution becomes feasible." uh it's a very strong claim obviously and it's a general claim that segundo is making but i think it's one that uh deserves to have some airtime or at least be thought through in some pretty important ways
1: mm-hmm. right that um i mean it's it's one that we already know i think pretty well in the united states in 2020 that like centrists are going to split the vote from the left i mean it's kind of mm-hmm. the vibe right um that that it'll end up serving The right in in a few different ways um Mm -hmm. in terms of i mean you know in in terms of electoralism for sure um but in in terms of like public opinion uh as well uh you know those like evangelical conditions like or or framing it framing them as evangelical i think is really interesting too right that you're trying to convert people to this like certain like moralistic way of thinking about politics um even even when they might have like you know they would actually have uh an ally and policy on the left um mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to create these sort of talking points um that that end up serving the right because they don't actually ally with the left you know there are people who aren't allies they are people who are trying to make their own thing happen uh in spite of the left also trying to do the same thing
0: mhm mm-hmm. yeah exactly um and i think it's just it's helpful to sort of give the why to that third way approach in general too, because it is so attractive to a lot of people, right? Like even a lot of Christians who are willing to say, yeah, politics is important. Um, they end up promoting that sort of uh third way thing because they, they rightly intuit it that like the, the left and right, especially in a place like the United States are often two sides of the same coin. That's true. Um, but the third way politics ends up being like, third side of the coin it, it ends up being the it's the little ridges on the quarter mm-hmm. um that make it tip towards we, the right yeah exactly and uh what you really have to do is throw that quarter in the car i don't know i don't know what, what you're supposed to do with this metaphor but uh-huh. uh do <laughs> put that
1: quarter in a gumball machine
0: put yeah that's right that's right put it in a gumball machine and get chew chew that <laughs> chew that socialist gum um <laughs>
1: you're almost there yeah
0: <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm sure a listener at home has already gotten it. So I'm just going to trust that that's true. Uh, but I think it's, you know, I think of um, folks like, I don't know, like Jim Wallace, you know, a really a well-meaning guy. He's done some some good stuff, but uh, seems to be to me sort of a textbook third layer, Right. Um, he'll do he'll he'll definitely endorse the Democrats over the Republicans Seems like a left wing guy sometimes, but by and large, um, not willing to sort of throw in and question sort of the whole apparatus all at once. Or if he does, it's it's premised on the imaginary position of like the Christian beyond contemporary politics. And uh, I think it's important to sort of resist those temptations because they're a little too neat and tidy.
1: Right. I mean, we had the episode not too long ago where we talked about um, the the Christian impulse towards the third way. Right. Not not Mm -hmm. left, not right. But Jesus, just Jesus, man. And, you know, it's it's the same exact thing here. It, the the impulse is to not get dirty and not get weighed down in in um, actually doing politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, guess, I guess the irony of the, the Christian Democrats in Chile was that they actually had to. <laughs> it didn't turn out so right. well. But I mean, this impulse is still I mean, it's it's rampant in Christianity today where um, you know, you, you want you, obviously you can think you, you can see all the social ills right you can see that capitalism is bad it's causing you know poverty and there's racism and there's like sexism and homophobia and all these all these kind of like social ills right and you just don't want to have to deal with like policy that would that would either exacerbate or help either of them <laughs> so mm-hmm. instead you know you just you you want to build a community organization where you know you can rely on your and your church community and your neighbors and you want to like you know start a soup kitchen <laughs> or something <laughs> instead right and and doing so you end up uh you you end up i mean like dissuading a lot of people from uh things that would actually solve those problems <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh you know you give more gas to the right
0: yeah that's right um and also yeah like you mentioned earlier it's important to recognize that centrists often will end up siding with the right over and against the excesses of the left or the perceived excesses of the left and it's always important to sort of figure out where Christians are doing that to providing cover for the right by refusing to engage uh, the radical demands of even certain wild lefty Christians. Um, right. So I think it's important to figure that out. Uh, the basic point though, that I think Segundo really drives home is that Christians often start out in the, in sympathy with revolutions, um, but they impose these kind of Christian conditions on them. Uh, so it's, It's important to sort of figure out how Christians can easily end up becoming anti-revolutionaries, maybe in spite of themselves or like because of themselves, however you want to put it. Um, It strikes me that so many kind of uh, Christian lefty types are like one stone's throw away from (laughs) exactly that move. All right, so that is a lot about maybe trying to sort of avoid making the wrong political choice. But we said earlier we were going to talk about how you might have already assented to certain politics. Um, Segunda is also great at pointing that out, and he does so again talking about the Chilean situation. So he ha- he has a long discussion of the Chilean bishops and how they were responding to socialism, um, and they end up sort of they they criticize socialism, the Chilean bishops, uh, and they. They don't say that, like, if you're a socialist, then you're not a Catholic or something. But they go out of their way to say socialism isn't isn't good. They don't end up saying the same thing necessarily about capitalism, or at least not as stridently. Um, And so Segundo is is really interested in that. And uh, his suggestion is that in so doing, in criticizing socialism, uh, they end up actually promoting capitalism. And how he starts it out, I think, is really instructive. So he says. How is it that the bishops end up opting for the capitalist ideology as opposed to the socialist ideology? The answer is obvious enough. In saying that socialism is not an acceptable alternative to the existing capitalist system, the bishops are not at all aware of the fact that they are choosing between ideologies. Strange as it may seem to us, they think that they are avoiding an ideological option in saying that. so basically they're saying like uh, you, you shouldn't be a socialist even though they recognize that like something's got to change. They say the mental, or Segundo says the mental process at work here is clear enough. In the eyes of the bishops, the existing reality is not an ideology, it's simply reality. They have no doubt that it should be corrected, but as they see it, reality as such does not splinter the faith. So long as no ideologies about this reality arise, faith has nothing to fear from the fact that extremely wealthy human beings live alongside extremely poor human beings. The problem arises when an ideology challenges this reality. The great sin of Christians for socialism, in other words, is that there's no party of Christians for capitalism. Of course, such people exist, but they do not have to join together under a banner to exercise their influence and carry out their program. But any attempt to put through a radical change in the existing structures must present itself as an ideology. It must knock on the door of the Christian heart and appeal to its relationship with the authentic values of the faith. So here's what Segundo is sort of getting at. Um, the bishops in attacking socialism, but not like outright attacking capitalism as such, uh, or at least the bishops not endorsing socialism ends up being a tacit endorsement of capitalism because that's the world in which we live. Um, Segundo says that the bishops sort of take that for granted and they think that that's just how things are. But Segundo points out that um, to sort of endorse that is to take a political position. So it returns us to that idea that there's no Christianity outside of politics Mm -hmm. uh, and that, if you think you're not making a choice, you probably are actually making a choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, uh, that's ideology at its base, right? Um, Mark says that ideology is, um, you know, it's it's what you're doing when you don't know you're doing it. And, and that's what you've just described explicitly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a really powerful idea, though. And, man, Christians are so bad at it because, you know, especially when it comes to things that, even progressive things that seem like Christian values, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. for example, there was a, uh, a, a church in my city. Uh, I live in Missouri. Missouri just voted on this thing that would expand Medicaid for the state. That that's mm-hmm. it. It's like, um, as, as far as like radical changes go, this is pretty reformist and it's pretty mild, but it's important. Nonetheless, anyways, mm-hmm. this church in, in my city, uh, they put like a, uh, a vote yes on Medicaid expansion sign in front of the church. And like, that's cool. I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Uh The church posted like on online though about it. and was like, listen, this isn't even politics. This is just our Christian value. And like, maybe that is the tactical, you know, maybe, maybe we can understand that as the, the tactical advantage of, of being a Christian on the left or, or something. Right. But at the same time, it is kind of annoying <laughs> because it's doing this exact <laughs> same thing. That It's, it's trying to th- say, it's trying to, you know, um, remove politics from something that is political. Um, mm-hmm. I would much rather the church just be like, yep, this is politics. And we're dealing this is what we're doing like <laughs> I'd rather right. it be much, much more upfront about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's trying to kind of take a step back and, and distance itself from it. But still being um, political, y- even though it means not to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see this kind of thing in a lot of Christian circles, people who just sort of don't want to. uh get involved in politics as we said earlier. Um, but I think it's always important to emphasize that that choice is already getting involved in politics, that, that there's no sort of position outside of it. Um, and it also cuts against the sort of post-liberal stuff you mentioned earlier because there's a sense in which, uh, okay, the church is the true politics, the real politics. But as we say a lot on this podcast, um, if you capitalism doesn't mind if you like hang out at church a lot, um, it doesn't really mind even if you, like, drop out of the economy. Like, that's fine. Um, they, You know, they're not going to make a lot of money off of you anyway, probably. Uh, what capitalism minds is a direct challenge at, like, the point of production or something like that, and I think that is really key, that uh, if you think that you're dropping out or you think that you're sort of um, on a plane outside of it or that you've you've retreated to the church's politics, uh, you have basically already sided with uh, the status quo in that sense because you know that it's not going to... Um, it's not going to change that worldly situation. So you might feel better in your soul or you might feel like you're kind of living a bit more of a pure life. But unfortunately, you end up kind of in the same position as the bishops. I think uh, that Segundo mentions you end up um, supporting capitalism in, in spite of not wanting to. And I think it's important for Christians to reflect on that because uh, it stops us from um, all too easy sort of answers to the political mess.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Um, well, I mean, I guess that kind of leaves us then, um, back at the beginning where we started all the conversation. Um, (laughs) if you'll, if you'll recall, and I'm sure you do, because we've said it a thousand times so far in this episode, um, Segundo ends the, ends this chapter, uh, saying that there's no such thing as a Christian theology or a Christian interpretation of the gospel in absence of a prior political commitment. So I guess like what this actually means in the end is that if you are a Christian and you're you're committed to like left wing ideas in some ways, then like okay good. Um, mm-hmm. but it means that you have to be committed, and I think a I think a pretty concrete way, right? You're not just being a Christian ally, not being a Christian who's interested in socialism, but just like be a socialist. I mm-hmm. I feel a little bit stupid saying that because I think it's what we say almost every week, but <laughs> I'm not. Uh on a podcast on every podcast this is a universal theory podcast there's a smart person and a funny person i think dean's the smart person and i'm the funny person and i'm just gonna say the same (laughs) stupid thing over and over again um and it's just just be a socialist and that's it and that's the same stupid thing
0: um it's hilarious to me i'm busting a gut over here and i love it (laughs) um I, i love that uh Yeah, I mean, it does sound like being a broken record, um, for sure. But I think it's important to repeat a lot, uh, especially in an election year, because I think Christians are desperate to figure out what to do in a situation like this. And it's so tempting as a Christian to come up with lots of really weird ways of thinking about how the world works. And, uh, you know, it's not to say that we have it all figured out or anything, But I think Segundo is trying to push Christians into groups or associations of people who are working very hard to figure out how the world works, right? Like, that's what socialism is doing. Uh, Socialist parties are big apparatuses for trying to sort out, like, the whole political situation. And they don't always do it correctly or whatever, but, like, they're giving it a shot. And I think Christians have so many ways of thinking Christianly about how to never get your foot in the door that uh, you could do a lot worse than like ending up in a sort of flawed communist party or something. <laughs> yeah, um, you might as well like <laughs> take a lesson where you can get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that's good, right? Uh, the flawed communist party. The other flawed communist party, that one's fine, too. <laughs> yeah, they're they're <laughs> not, all good. But not
0: the third one, not the third one. That one's very bad.
1: <laughs> the revolutionary communist party. Don't go to that one. That's it's so important that that's not the one you choose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, really uh really dropping of an extremely particular niche sectarian comment in the middle of this episode
1: yeah that's true that's true <laughs> um but i think it's in uh, yeah but I, I guess all i'm trying to say is it is really important that we uh that christians don't just like i don't know kind of re- remain spectators and uh mm-hmm. stay on the sidelines but like actually joining organizations and organizing with people uh, and I think taking direction from people is, is really important. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to be. We've said that being a Christian uh, should make you a good comrade. And I think that we need to really think about like what that means. And it doesn't mean like being like a Twitter leftist and then showing up to like a meeting, you know, of whatever. And then trying mm-hmm. to be in charge it means like shutting up and listening to the people who are already there and already organizing and who have already been in these communities and already been organizing for years right and mm-hmm. uh, falling into line I think in some in some meaningful ways I think is um, uh, what what Christian leftists should do
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean showing up in those spaces and not presuming that you already have the answers because yeah. you have like the right theological program or the right kind of biblical theology right um being willing to sort of recognize that uh truth emerges in those sort of political situations and you have a lot to learn from them rather than imposing that evangelical sort of point at the beginning uh there's a few moments in this book where um segundo refers to james cone in particular saying that like uh you can't really have like a priori universals in the process of liberation but you discover um sort of uh, moments of truth in that process and i think that is like an important thing for christians to learn as well right that uh you you uh you need to be willing to like learn some stuff you don't know about the world um rather than yeah again just sort of imposing the the witness test at the outset
1: that's right nobody cares uh nobody cares how big of a christian pacifist you are and how many Bibles <laughs> you know that's for that's for <laughs> bible quizzing at church not for a strike line
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and uh and listen, Bible quizzing at church is great. Like you should hundred percent convince everybody in your small group of your extremely niche, in particular Christian vision. Um, not getting down on that at all. We try to do it on this podcast once a week. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I uh I don't talk about it with my comrades all the time. They know I'm the Catholic one and that's good enough for them. It's good enough for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. Well, we'll get just get into a get into an organization and don't be annoying. <laughs>
0: um, I think that's a pretty good, a very good uh, last uh, word. Um, I will say, though, uh, you should all um, go to archive.org. But if you do, don't check out all the books because uh you can only check out one book at a time, sometimes for only an hour. And it is the absolute worst system I've ever heard of for a thing on the Internet.
1: Archive.org and we has, need
0: it for this podcast. <laughs>
1: we need it for this podcast. Archive.org <laughs> has uh has created a system of scarcity where it does not need to exist. <laughs> and it's so
0: frustrating. Uh so that's gonna be the first um the first my specifically Christian contribution to the socialist movement is gonna be um, a total reform. Of archive.org, and absolute abolition of copyright law so that uh information can truly flow and so we finally all have access to all the liberation theology books we've ever wanted.
1: I'm in. That's a good contribution to make.
0: Thanks for listening to the Magnificast. If you like what you heard, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Magnificast. If you do that, you can hear another podcast that we do once a week. That's right. Two podcasts a week. We can't believe it either. Uh, that one is about current events and some bad jokes that we make. And, uh, you can get that for $2 or more a month. Uh, you can buy some stickers. Um, dang, we got a a cool new sticker that we should have said at the beginning of this podcast. We'll save at the beginning of the next one, I guess, by, uh, (laughs) Ryan Cagle. Um, friend of the show, Ryan Cagle. He designed a really extremely awesome heavy metal inspired Virgin Mary uh, sticker for us. You can find that on our Redbubble store. Um, You can find t-shirts there and whatever else you can find us on Twitter at the Magnificast. You can email us at the Magnificast at gmail.com. And as always, our music is by Amoria Armstrong and the illogical spoon. Keep your hoods up, and you stay up late in Jackson. You keep your hoods up, well you keep your hoods up, and you stay up late. Oh, don't mind it cold nights, but my might mind.